for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. I am glad you are here today. This is your next step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy, Pastor Doyle Jackson. Pastor Doyle, I grew up singing the hymn, Standing on the Promises. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah me too. But yeah. I never really appreciated that until just recently. Yeah, I think when I think when you're growing up, you don't appreciate your parents. I mean, you're you're thankful for them, but you you see them somehow as I, I need money to go here. Or I want to do this. Can right. I go to my friend's house? Then as you get older, you're like, please cut the apron strings. Let me go. And and so we don't see the importance of it. Well, today we want to look at the importance of that relationship with Jesus and the cross. And as you mature, you realize all that your parents did for you. And today. We're going to show you the eight things that Jesus did for us on the cross, and uh, I, I just I'm so encouraged. By it. Paul says this in Galatians. He says, "May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ." Paul matured in his faith. He was against the cross. He right. was against Jesus, and then he crossed over to use the word cross. Right. And 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 he realized what Jesus had really done. And that's what I'm praying today, that everyone that listens to this lesson, they will cross over into maturity and begin to understand the promises and be able to put their hands up and thank God for all he's done for them. Yeah, God has made us promises. That is a life-changing truth. By the way, if anyone would like these eight promises, things that we're going to talk about today. We have a digital copy on doylejackson.com. Yeah, you can have the whole outline of today of this week's uh, these past three lessons. You just go to doylejackson.com and download it there for free. Just let us know your email, that'll help us. And then sit back and get ready because we are talking about the great hope in the cross. Then Jesus says, "I will build my church and my church will not lose, man. We're going to prevail against the gates of hell. On this principle, Peter, this principle that I am the Messiah. And he says, in order for that to happen, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem. They're going to persecute me. I mean, they're going to spit on me. They're going to pluck out my beard the way it says in the prophet Isaiah. And they're going to brutalize me. And I'm going to die for you. And Peter goes, hold your horses. No way. I'll die first. I mean, he starts, he starts all this objection to Jesus going where? To the cross. You say, well, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you, Jesus' own disciples, the one who just got a gold star, is now objecting to the cross. Why? It goes against our human answer. It goes against our human understanding of how this has got to be worked out. No way. What does Jesus say to, to Peter? Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. I mean, did, did Jesus believe that Peter was Satan? No. He's saying figuratively, Peter, the thoughts that you're having come into your mind and out of your mouth right now are like that snake in the garden. You're trying to convince me not to be obedient to God. You're trying to keep me from that. 
You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now notice this. It, it, to, to ignore the cross, to avoid that, is to be just purely human. It's a human answer. It's not a divine answer. And that's the way Jesus addresses it with Peter. Fast forward. I don't know if it's a couple years, but I know this. Jesus is dead. He's risen from the dead. And he comes and meets with the disciples in the upper room. John chapter 20. He breathes on them. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. Then we keep reading and we find Jesus meets with the disciples on the Mount of Olives. And he said, hey, stay here. I want you guys to, to wait. I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit. You wait here. And, and, and he, Jesus leaves. He ascends. Then in chapter 2 of Acts, we read the day of Pentecost comes. That Holy Spirit's poured out. And Peter preaches his first sermon. His first sermon. What's the center of his sermon? The cross. In, in, in Acts 2, 23, this is what Peter says. He says, this man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. God deliberately knew that we would act like a bunch of evil bullies. All he had to do was present his son here. But that was God's solution. And we've always had to make a decision. Would we accept God or reject God? And the cross. The cross is the testimony that he came for me, knowing that we would be bad. And yet, what, we, what do we do? We try, to, we try to say no to it, you know? We, we, Satan has tried to convince us to avoid God's way. There's always been people who have been for the cross and people against the cross. Listen to this. This is, a, this is a quote from a recent theologian. It was 2010. But recently, I've been hearing more and more people claiming to be Christians with similar weird statements. Okay? Yet... The account that, listen, when you read the, the Old Testament, it testified that one day a Messiah would come and he would suffer. Read, read Psalm 22. Read Isaiah 43. Just, just read through it. it. We knew that he was going to suffer for us. This is a quote from a Union Seminary professor, Dolores Williams. I don't think we need a theory of atonement at all. I don't think, I would like to underline that. I'm not sure they're thinking. I don't think we need folks hanging on crosses and blood dripping and weird stuff. What are they saying? They're saying that they are offended by the brutalness of what we remember happened to Jesus. Yet I would say the same people are arguing against bullying in the world in which we live. They can't even, they won't even admit that there's a broken human problem within us. That we are sinful and angry and mean and terrible by nature. And we need some help to be free of that. 
They want to they reject Jesus and the cross and walk away from it. And I'm telling you, the only solution is for you to embrace the cross and recognize the evil that's tried to run our life. And we have to say, no, we will not be like that because of the cross of Jesus Christ and because he loved us and he died for us. And there's a power in believing in the cross that will help you overcome that. And you will still be able to live in the broken world in which we live until he returns, and when he does, he will deal with all of that evil. And see, that's the message of the cross. We are for the cross. We're for the cross. Jesus was for the cross. It's why he said, I willingly go. He set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. He knew what he was facing. Now, the Jews of the, of the, the Jews historically have rejected the cross because they say this, they say, it says in Deuteronomy, anyone hung on a tree is a curse, okay? And I could not worship a Messiah who hung on a tree. And Paul answered that in Galatians. He said, no, 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 no. You fail to understand that he hung on a tree in order to take the curse from you and I, that we might have the blessing of Abraham. It was to fulfill the law that, yes, it is true that there is a curse that comes on those that are crucified. There's a that are hung on a tree. But Jesus did that in order to put the justice on himself and not on us as humanity. That's his grace. That's his love. That's his kindness. The Gentile world, they just thought that you were a thief, that you were a rotten person, a scoundrel. You were against the throne and they rejected the cross. So when the church walked in and said, we preach Christ crucified on the cross, they thought you guys are crazy. You're crazy. And the world today is saying the same thing. They're saying you're crazy. How can you believe in something barbaric? Well, we don't believe in crucifying people today. Think about this. There were thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people crucified on crosses. But when you and I see a cross today, there's only one name that's associated with that. Somehow God in His divine wisdom understood that He could take something so brutal and make it a symbol of courage, of life, of victory for you and I. And that's become the case. You know, Jesus warned His disciples, He warned you and I to be very weary. In Matthew 24, 4, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives. He's looking over Jerusalem and, he, and they ask him, they say, well, what will be the sign of your second coming? And Jesus responds to them. This verse, he says, and Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one deceives you. He gives them some signs of the second coming, but he says, make sure that nobody deceives you. Now, the next verse after this, 20, 25, or, uh, number 5, it, he says in there, some are even going to come claiming to be me, the Messiah. But his point is, don't be deceived. Don't be misled. Now, why is that important? Because you and I can be misled. Jesus intentionally says that there are some that are going to come to deceive us. I put some other scriptures in, in my, my notes. In Matthew seven fifteen. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that there are going to be people 
that are going to come among you and claim to be a sheep. In, in Matthew 10, 16, he said, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be as wary as serpents and as innocent as doves. Paul, writing to the church in, in Acts, he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you telling me all this? Because I'm trying to help you understand that there will be people that will claim to be your brothers and sisters. People who claim that I'm like you. And yet, they're going to deny the cross. They're going to deny that the Bible is the Word of God. They're going to try to trick you into believing that we can still believe in Jesus, but we don't need that cross thing. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do because you're partnering with us. You're listening and and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. You got to go right. and get it because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. In my notes, I wrote this down. You may want to write it down because I was just thinking about it. You know, what do we need to know about wolves? Number one, wolves hang out with the sheep. That's weird. Wolves want to hang out with the sheep. Number two, they're master deceivers. They're intent is to make you believe, oh, I'm like you. I'm just like you. You sure smell like a wolf. They intend to inflict harm. In in, in John chapter 10, Jesus talks about those that try to get into the sheep pen by, by the wrong way. And he says their intent is to come in to rob and to steal. Go back to John 10. Look at the context there. In John 10, it's, it's where Jesus says that, that Satan is, 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 is like one who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it to the full. 
And you need to understand that the, that the wolves will come in because they want to steal something from you. They want to take away your peace and your hope. And finally, you just need to know they are relentless. The wolves are relentless. And so I believe, yes, the early church had to deal with the wolves, and you and I will have to deal with the wolves until the very last time, day when Christ Jesus returns. And so just because someone says, I'm just like you, be clear. They are willing to lie. Do you hear me on this? I've had people tell me, I believe the same thing as you. And I say, but you don't believe in the substitutionary atonement of the cross. Well, yeah. I'm like, well, then we don't believe the same thing. Just because you say you believe like me doesn't mean you believe that the cross is essential. Listen, when Peter preached the cross, they were just, they were broken. And something touched them, the Holy Spirit. And they said, what must we do? What did Peter say? Repent. Repent. Then be baptized. That's why, that's why Paul says, I didn't come to baptize. I came to preach the gospel so that people would repent. We do not need a human answer to this world other than the human who was divine, his name was Jesus, who died on a cross, was buried and rose again. Okay? I realize, those of you that are panicking right now, what time it is. Okay? We all must choose the cross. Okay? And I think that, that you need to see this, that he came to go to the cross. Yes. Jesus came to go to the cross. He knew that it would come to this. In, in Luke chapter 23, it paints the picture of Jesus on the cross, and it gives you and I the choice that we have to make. And, and I think it's very, very helpful. In Luke 23, it says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. It does not say that Jesus was a criminal. It says that they were. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, on one his right and the other on his left. That means that Jesus was in the middle. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you come in under the portico out there, when you come in those doors, there are three crosses over that door. In order to come into this place from that entrance, you have to choose, are you going to come under the cross or not? By virtue of it. And, and these men are hanging on the cross with Jesus, have a conversation with him. Listen to their conversation. Because they're deciding about the cross while they're hanging on a cross. It's very powerful. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. I mean, you hear his mocking tone. He's like, really? This guy is dying. I want you to know that there are some people with their dying breaths will be mocking God. They'll be denying the cross. They'll be rejecting the cross. And I'm sorry about that. I'm just giving you the account of my experience in life and what the Scripture says about it. There are some people who don't want the cross. They don't want Jesus. And can I just say this? They're really angry about it too. 
I don't understand it. It's not working. It continues to leave them with anger. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? So this other guy who's guilty, he recognizes to treat Jesus this way is a lack of reverence for God, a lack of fear for God, a lack of acknowledging God. And he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, that man recognizes he needed to repent, doesn't he? He recognizes that he needs God. So here is a beautiful picture of the crosses that you and I have to decide we want to live by. The, the repentant guy, the, the, the cross of Jesus, which is truly Barabbas's cross. It wasn't Jesus's cross. It was Barabbas's cross. When I see that, I think, oh my gosh, that's Doyle's cross. I'm the one that deserves a cross. I'm the one that, 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 that's so imperfect and sinful in, in my behavior and worldly. And then you have, of course, the unrepentant guy who's there. And I don't know who was on the right and who was on the left. I, I just know that they were next to Jesus. But notice this, the repentant man accepted his cross and he accepted Jesus. The unrepentant man was just angry and rejected Jesus. And you get to choose how you respond to Jesus. Every one of us does. That's why he came. The cross is a representation of that. All I can tell you is rejecting Jesus will not bring you peace. But accepting Jesus gives you access to the power of God and the peace of Jesus Christ can breathe into your life. It's interesting to me that in the presence of Jesus' cross, and yet this man still refused Jesus. Now, why is that important? Because you and I need to understand that there's going to be people, they may even experience Jesus in the presence of the cross, and they still reject Him. Don't let that be you. Can I tell you this? The Scripture is full of people. I shouldn't say full. There are some people who've rejected the cross, but they've turned that around. I've already listed for you Peter, right? I said that Peter struggled with the cross. He turned it around, didn't he? What about Paul? Paul was there at the murder of Stephen. Stephen even preaches how the cross was connected throughout all of Scripture, the way it does in Hebrews 11 and 12. And see, the church has always believed that the cross was the answer. So the promise of God was the cross and Jesus Christ. That's what we believe. I brought you a quote today from a famous minister and expositor of the scripture, he wrote a commentary of the complete Bible. His name is Matthew Henry. He lived from about 1660. He died in 1714. I put his, his death date on there. The reason that you will see Matthew Henry's commentary all over the internet 
So there's no copyright. The guy's been gone forever, all right? But look what he has to say about the cross. When, when you think about all that he studied about the Bible, all that he knows about God, and this is what he says. May I, excuse me, that's, that is, is uh, Matthew Henry. Come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings. His agonies thy repose. His conflicts thy conquest. His groans thy songs. His pains thy ease. His shame thy glory. His death thy life. His suffering thy salvation. What Matthew Henry understood was that the cross provided everything we need in this life. That's what that's what Paul said in Galatians. He says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The cross was his salvation, but it was also the dividing line for him that he would not live a human-oriented life of meeting the needs of what he had as a human being and, and, and being self-centered. The cross set him free from that. You have been listening to Great Hope, The Cross, here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, they can not just listen to this message, they can also read this message if they'd like. Yeah, if they would like to, we, we have a great resource for them. It's, it's called Great Hope, The Cross, and if they just go to my website, uh, doylejackson.com, it's right there. And if you'll give us your email, uh, you'll help us because we can make you part of the ministry. We want you to be a part of the Church Next Door family. And so we'll send you ministry updates, but you can get this free resource right there. Yeah, and that's why we want the email, not to uh, spam you or sell you. Oh, no. We want to have a connection with you. We have made connections with uh, lots of uh, people yeah. who've listened to the radio. We've become friends. We would love you to be our friend as well. So go to doylejackson.com. Give us your email address. You can download Great Hope the Cross. You'll see these eight phrases that Jesus was punished, that we might be forgiven, and uh, all the other promises God has fulfilled in the cross. Really hope you will uh, go to Doyle jackson.com and download that yeah the other thing is that you know every one of our our programs is also a podcast and a radio program so if you listen on the radio you miss something you can go to any podcast platform and look up your next step and what's great about it is um if you subscribe it helps us we've had over thirty thousand downloads of your next step and we want you to be a part of that if you can or even share with other people one good yeah. thing that i do in my ministry is someone comes and says here's the issue i say well this video has got a solution and i can That's just right. hand that you can hand these these podcasts these episodes off to other people as well so thank you once again for being here for great hope the cross please go to doylejackson.com and find the other resources we have there for you and then come back next time because we're going to be back with more your next step your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. 
I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.